Yo, 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 yo. It's the Amrikis Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts, Muhammad and Ihab. We're getting so good at this intro, Ben. It's, <laughs> it's so it's great. Just like, let's just make like 15 intros, can them for the future, and just move on. <laughs> I mean, I listen to our old episodes, and it's weird because I'm trying to get you to do this intro and we don't know what we're doing and but now we're like full professional we can repeat it every time because it's like seared into our brains so. <laughs> do we have an idea of of how many episodes we have in so far on the Marikis? so i think last time it was like 17 with like Ooh. like a third of them that happened only in the past few months so um because it used to be like once every six months almost i don't yeah. know yeah yeah you have and I were discussing uh, just last night about uh, finding a more regular cadence for our podcast. I, I think you failed to um, to describe the situation accurately. <laughs> so Muhammad calls me at oh yes, what, what is it like ten p.m. my time, maybe like past midnight your time. Yeah, he's, and he's like, "This is the first time this happens." He's like, "Hey, podcast tomorrow." and tomorrow morning <laughs> I'm like, early so i'm like oh here man inshallah like everything is fine like why i, I need to get something off my chest <laughs> and um i'm like okay that's that's cool and he's like yeah we'll do it 9 10 a.m my time i'm like yeah that's like 6 a.m my time and and so i'm like okay minchanic you know just because it's you we'll do it and so i've and have you have you like woken up super early yeah, I mean it's it's good, it's fine, you know, whatever. I can hamilujmila later on. Um, that is <laughs> the, the that's the correct way of using that one. So I'm gonna use it anyway. You'll never this be is... able to use it the right way. You'll never be able to. <laughs> this is the Fourth of July hab, and it reminds me that this is a free country, and I can say I can hamilujmila in the most incorrect ways. <laughs> this is an inside joke that will remain forever. I like how 4th of July for you means um, that you can do whatever you want. Spoken like a, a true Amriki. True Amriki. You know? America. Amriki. I don't, I don't know how to do that in the Amriki. You can do it. Try, give it give it a try. Try saying Amriki in the Arabi accent while still being like super like Texan slash Southern yeah. patriotic. You know, uh, you can even add Amrikis. like... Uh, no, no, you gotta roll Amrikis. the. No, roll the R while doing that. Uh, Amrikis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Put a little bit of Urdu in there, and then I think we we've captured the the essence of Muhammad's household. So. I love it. It's it's uh, it's essentially like a whole word definition by itself. Like. Just the way you say it. I'd, I'd love to meet like an Amriki, like an Arab who comes from the South, who has like a full grown like Southern accent, who, mm. you know, is from like a ranch, has a farm, like a rural area. Maybe Preferably even has a tattoo. Uh, sure. But um, what would the tattoo say uh, on this Arab uh, Southern conservative Republican guy? I love mom. I don't know. <laughs> I love <laughs> and mama and small yeah. and small governments. So <laughs> Second Amendment. It's like Allah Wahad and Second Amendment, you know? 
<laughs> and third, my dog. You know, man. <laughs> but but dogs are haram, so you know. <laughs> but I keep them as a guard dog, so it's all good. Yeah, exactly. That's a very long tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like done in nice calligraphy, just you know, um, you know, to make for it for safe measure. For yeah, safe measure. Okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'd love to create this this person. What would we call him? <laughs> I like how we're workshopping this character at seven thirty yeah. a.m. on my time. <laughs> That's really all I want to talk about is this character that we could jump off. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just let's let's end the character building by just giving him a name. So, like, what um, would it be? You know, we we had. Billy Bob Bangladeshi and no, the ones. Billy Bob Bukhari Bangladeshi man. Billy Bob yeah, yes, that that was a good one. It's that's a high bar already. Uh, we'll just call him uh Subhi, you know? Just like the most standard, you know name. Subhi, Sam Subhi? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Sam Subhi um uh Billy Bob Bukhari Bangladeshi man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, so, Sam's right. from the south. You're you're right. You're we're never gonna be able to pass that bar. You know that was that's a good one for people who recently started listening to us. This makes absolutely no sense. It's just complete rubbish. <laughs> we're doing an inside joke based off of an episode for from like two or three years ago. So so if you've been listening to the Manikis and you're one of our uh, faithful supporters, then this would make a lot of sense to you guys. <laughs> and and we're very, very thankful. We're very thankful. Absolutely. Actually, I'm feeling pretty good about this because, um, I don't know, there's like a good flow. Maybe we should do this early in the morning more often. You know, you can drag me from yeah. my bed more often, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know. Um, as, 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 as my father always says, al-barakah fi subah there you go. He was talking about podcasts the entire time. <laughs> and, and you didn't know. I just, I really wish I knew that, that little piece of context. It would have been great if he just He knew that, that you were going to do this. You know, what if your dad was like one of our biggest fans, like listening to us oh, all the time? Dude, my dad is my number one fan in general. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, like the podcast. The podcast. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that, that would blow my mind personally. That like, would be great. I mean, that'd be great. Who knows? Imagine like him. I mean, a lot of the Babas don't really interact much on social media. They just they might see something and then complain to it, complain about it. I know. I know. My dad has listened to some of our episodes in the past. Oh yeah, so. yeah. Shout out to uh, all the dad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Doctor Something, because you know it's bleeped out. Oh, thanks. God. <laughs> you know, I don't know if <laughs> Doctor Bleep. <laughs> so here's the thing: I don't know if we're gonna keep um, bleeping out last names, Yanni, this whole time. Mm. Uh, when are we gonna reveal who our true identities really are? <laughs> when are we going? To, I mean, Yanni, like we have we can't be super mass superheroes for this whole time. What, What's so funny is that like most of our listeners, maybe at least from my recollection, are people that already know us. So, but you know, who knows? Sometimes though, I get messages from people who I absolutely do not know. It's like the most oh. random people. Um, and what is what, what kind of comments do you get? Just like small things. There's one guy that um, <laughs> like on uh, the actual anchor uh, platform, he told me yeah. that. Um, he just really likes that I start my episodes with yo, yo, yo. That's all he said. That was the entire message. Nice. Uh, I should respond to him. Um, 
with but, yo 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 with yo 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 <laughs> uh but it was from a while back and i felt kind of weird like responding you know because i didn't know how to ma- navigate the system yeah. Any, anyways lots and lots of banter early in this morning <laughs> um but we got a lot of really important stuff to talk about it's you know we're, we're we're recording today on the 4th of july and what what i'm looking right now on my camera because we also use the camera uh function to see each other is this beautiful man named Ihab uh with a shirt that was is very uh yeah, I think caps, I, very... I, I think you're going too uh, too much into the shirt man yeah, it was just like <laughs> it's like he's wearing Can you just take off the shirt and I just see what <laughs> he's, he's wearing a blessed shirt with the most divine of fonts you know? No, I don't, I don't I'm just saying it's like it's all caps it's pretty big it's like the first thing my eyes were drawn to uh, and it has nothing to do with your large pecs. Oh, uh, damn. <laughs> is says, this, is says this the tr- kettle to the to the <laughs> pot. <laughs> <laughs> Told you stop calling me kettle in front of everybody. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, but um, what, what were you saying? But yeah, no, it's essentially his shirt says Arabs for black power. And I can't see the Arabi... Um, oh, it says Thawra Hatta Nasser, which is uh, revolution nice. until victory, you know, or rebellion against victory, which is a little aggressive in English, but totally like <laughs> yani, mundane and like normal in Arabic. Totally so. nonchalant, nonchalant in Arabic. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I got this from an artist. Um, her name is uh, Leila Abdurazat. Uh, she's a Palestinian artist. Big, I'm, oh, a big, wow. I'm a big fan of her. She's a cartoonist and other things. And she was... Uh, collaborating with some people to to sell these shirts especially in the aftermath of what's been happening in, in the country with George Floyd and and the uh, uprisings um, the um, putting more to putting a microscope on on the whole police brutality and racism in this country um, so what's her name again I'm sorry Leila Abdurazat you know. All right. Well, shout out to Leila Abdurrazat. Yeah. And how can we How can we look at her merchandise? Like, um, it's on Instagram. Um, okay. Uh, and she's she's pretty well known for for her cartoons and uh, for her graphic novels, um, in the in like in the Palestinian circuit at least. You know. So. Uh, yeah. I like that circuit. Lots of good people <laughs> in that circuit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, circuit Palestinian circuit circa 1967. I, I, I Whoa, that's that cool. You should been, make a shirt or or a band, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, uh, she said that she was um selling these for you know a sliding scale and that everything would go to um uh, charity like for you know and I forget what the organization was, but it was an organization that was supposed to spread some awareness about racism um maybe i can look it up uh, i think we we should definitely like maybe put up uh her instagram um link on our one of our comments on our page on facebook or yeah something yeah. for people to see so here we go 100 percent of all proceeds will go to a local grassroots detroit black-led organization doing community organizing work on the ground it says to be determined um so it wasn't uh, defined um but i i think she's good for it um but 
in that's the, awesome. In the email later on, she said that, um, or you know, whoever sent me the email said that they had received like almost a thousand orders. And so mm. from the time that I ordered it until I got it, it was about a month. But I do not like blame them at all. <laughs> wow, know? that's pretty cool. Um, so I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad there was uh, a demand for it because it, it looks pretty awesome i mean that's yeah i i haven't worn it since i just got it yet but i wanted to wear it for this podcast considering the subject matter that we're going to talk about today so yeah the the unraveling of the, our interview which was really nice yeah our race um and colorism in uh, episode in the muslim and or arab community mm-hmm. from last time so uh muhammad's been on my case to unravel it and <laughs> and uh and so have I. Like we, there was uh, yeah. we, we called each other a while back, and we talked uh, at length about it. And we figured we would share a little bit with the rest of you. So you want to get into it, Muhammad? Let's do it. All right. Segment number one. We are back. You know, I I kind of want to give this segment to you, um, since. Uh, you know, you want to bring it into the podcast world. And I totally agree. Um, I'm actually pretty happy that you wanted to talk about it. Um, it seemed like it the, the last episode affected you a lot. So you can get it started. You know, I, I found it interesting when you and I spoke after um, the interview with Muhammad Qasimullah uh, that you had one of the things you called out because you're the one that edits these um, is that you noticed that I didn't speak that much. Um, for me, I, I thought I was very much engaged and spoke a lot, but maybe a lot of that had to do with, and, and I did some self-reflecting. I was kind of like, I was really surprised of like the the race tension, even within the Muslim community. Like I, I, I knew it wasn't like non, non-existent. I didn't, I knew that we weren't perfect. But maybe Muhammad Qasimullah's um, recollection of, of what he experienced, and of course it, it is unique to him, um, but it does speak a, to a cl- better, closer picture to reality uh, of, of what it's like to be black Muslim in America. And um, he was very integral part of our lives. And hearing his firsthand experience... Uh, was very humbling and kind of you know made it like a blast from the past for me to start thinking about well what was I doing around doing around that time and how was I behaving? One of the biggest things that came out was when he first started talking about it. He said the Iraqis really give me a hard time in Christopher City, and you know he he was saying <laughs> it with a smile. Called out on that one, huh? No, well, I he, he did bring up a good point. I was the least to be worried about. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you you memorized this episode. How many times did you listen to this? I listened to it a couple times. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, like I was like nothing. I'm, I'm still nothing, but it is what no, it is. No, no, <laughs> you are something. We were just young, but you were also somebody who uh, you told me that like your family kept you indoors, like when you were a kid. So. Yeah, I was I was very much like shielded from the world until much later in life. Um, and so anyway, during that time, like I, I wasn't really exposed to all of that. But I do know that there was a pretty large Iraqi community and um, and I come from that community. Right. And so I, I understand what he's talking about. I know what that what that kind of like bully nature could could look like and hearing it firsthand from someone that 
A, isn't Iraqi, which is like the first thing to, to start teasing someone about when you are in a in a collection of Iraqi people. <laughs> um, and then B, like, you know, having having some difference whatsoever, like the color of your, of your skin. Um, and I, I got to say it, like, straight up, like, from the experiences that I've had of Iraqi families in the U.S., our conversations behind closed doors aren't very uh, PC friendly. They're very, there, there, there is a a large um, undertone of racist like notes, and it's not nice. And I, I, I rarely see anyone kind of um, called out, called out, or 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 made to like feel like, oh, maybe this isn't the right direction to to be to be focused on or to be talking. Um, but you know, in light of everything, it's made me really reflect on what that's looked like, what has been my participation in that. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of that was happening in my head while I was quiet (laughs) during the last podcast. So, yeah, so let's, let's dive a little bit more into that. Um, uh, so when I was talking to you about this, I, I, I was calling you actually that day, not to tell you, Hey man, you, you were quiet. What's up? And tried to like, you know uh you know mm-hmm. call you out or anything like that i was calling um to actually tell you that i i've been a big fan of how much you've been participating you know recently mm. in, in the protests and um and just you know in dialogue on on dc daily your other podcast um video DC podcast Weekly. yeah thank you <laughs> if only right daily is too much if only <laughs> sorry daily I, would be nice but it is too much it sounds it sounds a little it rolls off the tongue better it you does know? roll off that's the first time i've heard of it but yeah it does roll off the tongue yeah dc weekly with your friend sorry what's his name peter williams yeah so he uh you guys have been talking a lot and so i'm sure he's he's a, he's a black man and i'm sure you guys mm-hmm. have been you know bringing up a lot of these things and you know you're in yeah. dc closer to the action um, so I was I was just really happy to see that you were more involved, um, and so I would that so I was curious why you were so quiet, you know, mm. Um, mm. and that's really that's really what that was about. Um, there's there's a lot of um, memories that I have of both of us, you know, growing up in the Muslim culture in the Muslim community, yeah, in the Arab community and um, and how. Ha- and just the general notion of how it was towards black people. And sometimes I, I think that it's very similar to how white people grow up where it's like, we weren't racist. We had mm-hmm. black friends. There was nothing mm-hmm. wrong because we didn't see it. We weren't on right. the, we weren't on, on the receiving end. And so, um, so, but growing up also, I remember us having a lot of conversations when we were really young uh, about these things, you know, about like black culture, especially in Tucson, like where black people are not a, you know, um, yeah, it's very, very low percentage of the population. So we, we, our interaction and our exposure to, to black people in Tucson was not very high. And recently I've been just really trying to zone in on, like instances of prejudice, discrimination mm-hmm. that I have participated in, really trying hard to remember, you know, like what have I done in, in a sense of like trying to figure things out. Um, and it's really hard for me to think about it because obviously I'm not going to be remembering when I, 
you know, acted negatively towards yeah. or had or had some sort of racist, you know, action. It's when it comes to anti-black uh, sentiments, I'm not going to remember it. So other people are going to have to remember it for me and like point it out for me. And yeah. so I have a few of my own recollections and memories uh, for you, but I think you already know like what what I'm yeah. thinking of. No, and and I definitely plan to kind of jump into it. But one one big thing I wanted to like paint over with a brush real quick is that there are a lot of times that as Muslims, and we might have touched on this on the last podcast, but as Muslims we see that oh the Rasulullah wasn't a racist. And this is what he did for those of, you know, different um, colors and, and even Bilal, who was uh, a black person. Um, and so we take those examples, we use them as a banner and we're like, we're not racist. <laughs> we, this is our teaching. This is who we are. But that's all beautiful. And, and, and I hope we do all take those lessons. And I, and I try to implement it in my life um, as much as I can. Um, but it doesn't give us a pass. It doesn't give us an excuse. Um, and, and I feel like when I was younger, uh, I, I might've overlooked it and, and used it as a pass and used it as an excuse. So like there are many times growing up in my household and having those conversations with my family, I felt like, you know, we were safe because and to, to make anyone feel bad because, you know, really we're Muslim and really we are not, we're against racism, but Words do matter and words do hurt if you use them improperly. One thing comes to mind like right away is um, a good friend of ours, and I don't want to call out names, but at the time it was a good friend of ours where we were playing basketball with. And what's funny is that I thought about this moment. And then when we posted that podcast, another good friend of ours that ended up showing up as a guest as well on the Maniki's podcast um, kind of pointed it out in a very like jokey uh, way jokey way but also like only someone like myself or anyone that was there could could remember um but he called it out and i appreciate I was, that i was there for what you're talking about yeah and i and i appreciate that and i'll get into that now um we were playing basketball i think we we're like what 14 15 uh maybe Probably a little older a little older yeah this yeah, is like yeah, uh, a little bit older. late late high school early college yeah actually you're right um so i mean yeah, I'll just go into it. So we were playing basketball outdoors and um, it was like a three on three. Um, and one of the people that we were playing with was as competitive as I was. And he's an African-American um, guy from New York, uh, from New York. Oh, I think he even had the New York accent a little bit. Well, that's the whole thing is that he had like a very distinct accent, you know? Yeah. That was yeah. New Yorkian and there was like a, a draw, like a very long way yes. of talking. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I miss that brother. He's, he's amazing. Um, yeah. So what, what we, what ended up happening is, you know, we got competitive as, as we normally would do in the, in the basketball um, court. And, um, I'm trying to strategize with my teammates and uh, he, he was starting to um, trash talk, you know, and, and it's very normal. We all trash talk. So a lot of the a lot of the folks that were on my team or the two folks that were on my team weren't used to trash talking like it wasn't part of their basketball game. And so, you know. I, I'm 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 understanding the situation, but I'm mad. Like his trash talking is getting to me, and so 
one of the Arabs ask that are on my team, why is he talking like that? Like, what's he? Why is he doing that? And I and I and he's asking this in Arabic, I think. And I respond in Arabic, saying it's because he's black. And and I say that in in and as like Arabic direct translation as possible. And then who are Aswad? And so he catches that he because he's you know he's Muslim and he's familiar with some of the Arabic words. Um, and so he's he's fam familiar with a lot of the Arabic words, and he and he calls it out and he kind of stops the game. He's like. You call me Aswad, and he kind of said it like that because you know the accent comes out. You call me Aswad, like, and he thinks that I'm going after him, whatever it might be. It made him feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. and I and at the time, candidly, did not uh, back down. I doubled down and said there was nothing wrong with what I said. This is this it's is like me because you are, it out. because you are Aswad. That's <laughs> is what you right. said. Right. And I don't feel good about that. Like, <laughs> I don't think that that was a, the right way to handle that situation. But to me, it was it was like I'm standing behind my religion, my everything and saying, like, I'm not racist. I'm just calling it as it is. And I don't really care how you feel. And that wasn't right. Yeah. And, and yeah, this is kind of like my understanding of it. So so for me, like, yeah, so he's a non-Arabic speaker and probably has heard the word Aswad, which literally means black. So that's like yeah. probably the most acceptable way of saying black um, in Arabic. And so in of itself, it has no problem. But he, I'm sure that he has heard it in the context, like negative context of Arabs, like trying to put him down in different ways so when it came out and it came out and like while you speaking arabic um yeah. it and I'm while we were in the middle of trash talking <laughs> I, i'm sure it hit like like some pretty intense um yeah you know, you know some pretty intense uh triggers you know in that sense and i'm gonna actually so so i remember that because i was there and or maybe i wasn't there there's a lot of stories where i'm not sure if i was there <laughs> yeah. but it, it's just like i've heard the story from you so many times that like i've placed myself there so it's it's weird you it's have like, and i do that a lot like you have will tell me a story and i'm and i'm there and i was like you weren't there dude it's like fabricated memories you know yeah um which is really interesting, but that's a subject for another day. Sure. Um, so he had a brother. Um, they're, they're both like oh, basically right. new in the community, you know. Um, and now that you're saying this, it's it, I'm, I'm remembering a part because um, I, I remember um, being at the masjid, seeing uh, his older brother, who is, you know, very calm and, you know, yeah. ge generally like a pretty cool guy. And... Um, you know, I was talking to him and on my way out, I said, okay, man, see you later. And that's all. And then I left. Right. Um, and you know, Muhammad, you know me, like I, I'm not, I don't always say alaikum. I don't always say Masalama. it kind right. of depends, you know, I think you say alaikum way more than I do. <laughs> You know, in the grand scheme I, of things. It's funny that you bring this up. Like, I've, I've always thought about, not always thought about it, but you're right. Like, there are times where you just don't feel like saying it. And it's fine. Like, I'll say it and you won't say it. And we move on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really cool that you say it. I, for me, as long as it's authentic and it's coming from you. Yeah. 
then I I don't mind. But if it's like imposed, and that's not the point. The point is, I know is what that you mean. the point is, as I said, uh, see you later, and then I left. You know, days later, maybe within the same week, he comes up to me. He's like, oh, oh Salam, brother. So I noticed that other day when you left, um, you said uh, see you later and not Salam alaikum, mm-hmm. and and um, you know we're Muslim, and you know Salam alaikum is like. The way that we we greet each other, and so for me, I became defensive, you know, because I'm like, well, that's true, but there's no no problem with saying "see you later," and I thought about this a lot, you know, at the time and many years later, um, and I think what, and this is just my own interpretation of what happened. I think what had happened is that a lot of people probably don't say "salamu alaikum" to him, you know, yeah. and considering you know that he is black or he doesn't speak arabic or anything like that and so the fact that i said see you later is more like you don't belong with us you're somebody else maybe that's how he interpreted it even though for me like that's maybe was not my intention and so um am i like so I'm sure that he was sensitive about this and like, you know, it probably triggered something in him. At the time, I was just kind of like, dude, get over it, you know? And sure. it's it's part of just not acknowledging that pain. I'm sure that he has experienced in every single community that he's gone into where he's trying right. to fit in. So when Muhammad Qasimullah in the last episode was talking about that, this is the kind of stuff that jumped up at me, you know? And so even in the case where, you know, you're t- playing basketball with his brother, you know, like these aspects brought up very real pain that he and his brother, you know, did not belong in the over like overtly Arab or, you know, Desi community, you know, in in the U.S. And I, I just feel so sad about that, you know, all these yeah. years later. And I so I'm this is it, this is just us like talking about very small 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 interactions uh which i'm sure you, you know you can appreciate um you, but, you, but you sure... mentioned you Go mentioned ahead. something at the beginning where it was like yeah you're right there there wasn't that many uh, african-american um muslims or or forget about muslims african-americans in tucson growing up sure um and and especially within our circles so the the little experiences that we've had also kind of shine light on that like what we just explained and even those same two guys um later in 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 the story of of our kind of timeline as as friends and and during life um he sought marriage you know he sought to find um a muslim lady within our community i remember this yeah he had a it, really hard time. This is and not, he, he, and this is not the same uh, person that Muhammad was talking about last time in the last episode. Because Muhammad, in the last episode, he was talking about somebody that's else. Right. This is that's right. This is another, um, you know, situation where a black Instinct, yeah. Muslim is trying to seek marriage in the Arab community, and he got rejected pretty badly. I mean, like, not only did did they, according to his like. Um, account of it not only did they say no but they you know he 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 was very adamant like a like a true new yorker he wants to get to the bottom of reason why like okay you said no but why and so you know the 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 same bs excuses came up like she's not ready or you know some of the things that me and Hamel Kismala were talking about um and, and of course you have um she's not ready or you know we're we're not we're we're not looking for someone right now, but 
you know, when he dug in deeper and he did dig in deeper, um, he came to find out like different different types of languages used. Like we're looking from someone from us. We're looking, you know, these kind of very um, racist undertones that that really dig deep uh, for me because you know I, I did end up marrying outside of my culture um, and outside of my like kind of the Arabness, and so that wasn't received very well initially. And so with with that being said, like we, we sometimes kind of just look at it and, and, and say, oh yeah, that's just a part of our, who we are and our families, but it can really take a big tone and big effect if you really want to indulge in something that is outside of that, like I did. Um, and it becomes part of your life to how to deal and how to manage the, the idea of superiority, um, over anyone that is not Arab, Arab, Arab supremacy. <laughs> yeah, Arab supremacy it's, is certainly it, a probably a big issue. It's it feels kind of weird just putting like you know Arabs in the same category as white, you know, within like the Muslim community. But in a way, like we do have that privilege, you know, like Arabs, you know, we speak Arabic, which is the language of the Quran. We kind of are gatekeepers to a lot of you know, the, the, you know, tafsir and hadith and, you know, even the Quran itself, like it, it puts us in a position where like, we have a lot of privilege that we need to acknowledge, you know, um, and not use it in a, in a way that is hurtful to other people. So I, you know, the, the brothers that we're talking about, um, you know, they're not here to talk about their experiences or defend, uh, we, we bring him up uh, just to talk about just some of the experiences that we have witnessed and maybe stuff that has come up since the, you know, Allah interview. Um, but, you know, last time when I talked to you, uh, both of us, we shared about how, like, just how nasty we feel about yeah. this entire thing. And, you know, call it fragility, you know, Um I have my own experience in terms of why I felt pretty nasty about the uprisings and the racism and the police brutality. A lot of it comes down to just being reminded of, you know, oppression and injustice because of my background as a Palestinian. I've seen a lot of protests that were beaten down, gas, you know, tear gas, live ammunition, bullet, uh, bullet, uh, uh, rubber bullets, Mm. um, uh, you know, it got escalated to the point where actual military is used against civilians. You know, a lot of this stuff I'm right. kind of familiar with, you know, in the aspect of trying to hold, uh, you know, soldiers and um, police accountable in Palestine when they, um, with, you know, with complete impunity, murder um you know, a Palestinian child mm. or even somebody who is unarmed. It's very common for that to go uh, unaccounted for. And the system over there has like a 99 point something percent like conviction rate of Palestinians, wow. you know, who are in the courts. And that makes sense because the system was defi- designed by them for them. And so there's mm-hmm. parallels like that in the black, you know, between mm-hmm. the, the black community and the police where, um, the system, the the police has been 
designed um, in a way to protect property and to not protect, you know, this particular aspect of society, which is seen as troublemakers, you know, and all this language is very, very familiar to me. And so, mm. so I've, you know, I've been watching and reading a lot of it kind of triggers my own like discomfort with, you know, Palestinian, you know, um, liberation uh, and, and the injustices I see in Palestine. But, you know, I, it, it's just kind of left a, uh, a bad taste in my mouth, the conversation, because I just realized that I may be uh, on the side of the oppressor in this particular mm. case, passively, you know, mm. w- without necessarily thinking too much uh, about it, because I'm not thinking too much about it, because I'm not actively trying to dis- disband my own prejudices and trying to, like, you know, f- uh, s- see what the true nature of injustices are in this country that I am participating in it. So I'm in this weird place. And so mm-hmm. um, I know, Muhammad, you said that you felt you've been feeling just like, so you've been more active in trying to like learn about different things around you. But I'm sure that you've had your own level of like, you know, awakening, uh, awakening. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to like pat you on the back here, but I'm just curious, like why this made you uncomfortable, you know, Um I, you know, it's, it's something that now as a father, I want to kind of, uh, figure out what's the best way to, to establish my family. Right. And so seeing my daughter and my son, seeing my daughter kind of grow up and like having to explain to her why we're going to this protest, what is going on, um, it hurts. Like it hurts to have me to say that this is what the, this is the world that we live in, but it also makes me feel like we have, in what little way possible, a voice or 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 an action that we can do. Reminds me of kind of the hadith, like of doing as as much as you can do, um, even if it's not like I, this. Is paraphrasing, of course, but even if it's not. Um, even if it's not, you know, f- physically doing something, um, saying something, and if you can't say it, then at least believe it in your heart. Um, it, it reminds me of that, and, and it makes me want to do all parts of that. And um, this is me just trying to, like, kind of learn, engage with folks that are affected, understand their experiences, and try to leave a better impact, you know, for what it's worth. Um, because... It will affect all of us at some point. I, I don't think that there is like, there are very few people that will always be the popular dominant group at all times in all circumstances. At some point we will, we will be a mind, like someone is a minority of something and will be affected by um, kind of being oppressed or whatever it might be. And so uh, unfolding that and understanding what that feels like and recognizing when that uh, arises, I think will help in situations where that might occur, like our Muslim communities as an Arab male, hearing what's going on, you know, with my African-American brothers, and then kind of understanding what they're going through. So when I interact with some of these folks within my Muslim community, I can have a better understanding of like, how to engage what what's what is that um, historical um, 
context. Con- mm-hmm. Yeah, to to talk to to even begin a conversation. You know, it's so it, yeah. It, I mean, that's kind of been my thing. Yeah, I'm glad that you're you're taking the steps to to better yourself. It's kind of ironic that we have to go through this process because, like, as Arabs, we already face like a certain amount of discrimination and like colorism like we are in this i mentioned this in in the last episode like we're kind of in this weird like in-between world where like on one hand like we have like the arab privilege within like you know people of color that are muslim you know but at the same time like we're not exactly white so that you know (laughs) i've I've, I've received the questions where you're really from many, many times, which, you know, honestly, since the most recent uprisings, I've made a, a point that anytime like an old white person comes to me and asks me like where I'm really from or where my family's from, that I'm going to specifically say I'm not comfortable talking about that because I don't owe you anything. So like yeah. there's there's already like an existing like you know hierarchy that we belong to. And unfortunately, like sometimes as like Arabs, we don't, um, see that, you know, we don't acknowledge that and then uh, go ahead and use the same system against people who are, you know, uh, also on the hierarchy, you know, so. I, I think one thing also, thank you for sharing that, one thing to definitely point out as well, and I would reference um, Hassan Minhaj, he, he did this really awesome episode where he kind of touched on what is our role as brown people like a, a lot of our families kind of look at this and, and, and what's happening in the U.S. with the racial tensions and understanding the injustices with what has happened historically and today with black America um, and kind of just shrug your shoulders and say that, hey, that's not our problem. Hey, that's not us. Hey, we're minority. Hey, we're in the same boat, but we're not. I mean, we will have our own. We have our own boat and we have our own problems. Uh, and and this and and just because this is a African American issue in the U.S. does not give us a free pass to say that we have nothing to do with this. We get to enjoy America in its full entirety, the the good and the bad. And this is part of the bad. And we have roles to play in this. And you know we, we aren't like we we have the liberty and we have the kind of. Um, I don't know how to phrase this, but like a lot of Muslims are in a lot of high places in, in, in this country. And it's really it's really uh, on would, us would to you, kind of would you call it privilege? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know what I would call it. I, I, I know that a lot of these guys like had to work really hard to get to where they are. And, and maybe it wasn't an easy up. Uh, maybe it was an uphill battle for them to get to like being a high percentage of the doctors being whatever it might be. What I don't know what it's called, but but what I do know is we are where we are today in in the U.S. And to just have this whole community opt out in a moment like this, I think is really really unfair, especially mm. if we want to participate in its and its good times. Right. So like we benefited uh, from the system, and now like we're like, oh, I made it on my own, you know. While right. at the same time, we. I mean, that's just kind of a little bit what I was trying to touch up on last time when we're talking with Qasamallah is that like, like we benefit from the system. Like we inherently like have benefited from the system of uh, hierarchy, from the system of racism, um, that basically a system of racism that has put society like it is right now. A lot of our families live in the suburbs, you know, Um, a lot of our families do exist in the high places, you know, that, and so uh, to kind of just discount 
the experiences um, of black people in this country, the history of of our country, you know, and just say that we are completely separate from it is is very, very um, inaccurate and unfair. And like and it comes down to the question, like, whose side are we on, the oppressed or the oppressor? Yeah. Um, I mean, just just to like for for me, one last point to like really nail this point in is the the fact that we are living in a country that was built by the blood, sweat and tears of African slaves that came over or that were forced over. Um, and, you know, never were really given anything other than their freedom back. <laughs> and, and it was said like, okay, you can be a human being again. Um, so yeah, I mean, understanding that. Sure. I mean, the initial, the initial people who owned, um, the slaves, the slaveholders made a tremendous amount of wealth that got passed on through the generations, you know, like this has had implications that extend until today. People, you know, the these Fortune 500 companies, the the source of their money goes all the way back to those days where yeah. they got free labor, you know, yeah. f- for owning human beings, owning you know uh, these African slaves that were brought brought over. Sorry, I interrupted. I just wanted. To no, it's that. it's it's a it's a it's a good thing you you threw, you you tossed in there because um, a lot of times we think oh, that this was a really long time ago. It wasn't really that long, long ago um, when, you know, there was segregation between uh, whites and blacks. And there's a separate white water fountain schools and everything than there are for um, blacks in America. So this isn't a long um, history. Even the, the history of the U.S. isn't that long. Um, so we're not talking about something that doesn't exist today. This, this is very apparent in what uh, has been trickled down um systematically and just mindset wise uh, even like you said money um, has still been left around from those from the from that time so it's just important to kind of call out and say like just because we are muslims and we may might have immigrated to this country like my parents did doesn't mean that like oh this is an america problem or this is a problem that happened before we got here we have to own it this yeah. is our this is our problem too. We are Americans, and you know, as today is Fourth of July, we're celebrating um, the independence of America for whatever it's worth. We and this kind of jumps nicely into our next segment. Um, we need to celebrate its good and and reflect and work on what we can do to make it a better place. And and do we really want to find moments where we say no, this is not our problem, and no longer kind of contribute? to the future of america or do we contribute and say what can we do and yeah i think that's a big question sure sure we can go to the next segment but i kind of wanted to end it on a few different notes um first of all like there's a hadith that says uh which is like you know um support your brother your brother whether Mm. they are oppressors or oppressed and it's like well we understand the oppressed part but what's the oppressors and Mm. uh and he said to help the oppressors see that they are oppressing and to stop them. You know, that's how you can support Beautiful. the oppressor. And so there's an active like need, you know, um, you know, within the religion to be part of the systems uh, of oppression, you know, in, 
you know, in the society that we're living in, you know. And by the way, like, this is something that often gets mentioned. When it comes to oppressors, people that are Muslimin and, and, you know, within the creed, within the religion, it never talks about what religion they are, you know. Oppressed people who are oppressed in general are people that need to be helped, you know, by Muslims. Mm. And like, and this is something we got taught growing up, but I think a lot of times we're only concerned about, you know, when the oppressed people are, you know, Muslim, are Arab, are familiar, you know. Right. Um, right. And so we need to kind of like expand beyond that. Um, and this is kind of, I mean, I feel a little bit funny about this because, you know, um, I've often gotten involved when it has been about Palestine and not as not as much when it has been about other people. And we need to do that kind of coalition building and networking, you know? Um, I, I think it's to be, to be candid, I think it's quite natural, but at the end of the day, like it is, does take some awakening or some physical thought of like, of, you know what, this, this is a problem that is greater than just myself and my people. I need to, if I really believe in this, I need to speak out about it in all levels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to throw two more things out. Um, I recently listened to um, a podcast called Behind the Police, which uh, is uh, a spinoff of the original podcast Behind the Bastards, but they just made a specific subsection. Um, It talks about the history of the police in in the United States growing up, how a lot of them have evolved from... um, you know, uh, slave patrols and uh, gangsters and just um, <laughs> I've, I've been listening to this podcast and it is absolutely mind blowing how uh, in, like how the history of the police is mm. one of the most like intensely dysfunctional, you know, institutions in the United States. Sure. And, and it comes from that. And so I think it would do all of us a good favor to educate ourselves a little bit more about how the police has come to be and how a lot of the stuff that originally was there, the negative stuff, still is there. And so the podcast is called Behind the Police. And then most recently I watched a Netflix documentary called When They See Us that talks about the Mm. the Central Park Five, which is something that uh, made me cry Um, like the the it's based off of real um yeah it, you know four black one hispanic boys you know that were convicted of raping a jogger in central park um in the er- in the early 1990s uh, late 18 1980s and how the system just moved to to incriminate them even though there was no evidence they got exonerated you know in, in the beginning of the 2000s but the damage had been done and Donald Trump is involved uh, calling for the death penalty. And it's just like, as I was watching this, I just had an opportunity for, for the first time in a while to see these faces as my own. Like I saw myself in them, you know, these boys that I think ordinarily, like you look at and might just suspect of wrongdoing just because of how they look, you know, Um, or at least that's how media has taught us, but just to see how they were humanized and how innocent they were, how they didn't know what was going on. And, you know, it just, it really brought tears to my eyes. And by the end of it, I just like, you know, feeling so much shame and so much sadness. Mm. Um, But I think that the shame and sadness is, while it's important, it doesn't really help anybody. And, you know, I'm not sure of the different steps that we can do 
to um, move forward. But one of them is definitely to educate ourselves. And these are just two Indeed. two medias that I've watched. Anything come up for you, Mohammed? Like, have you watched anything or listened to something that recently that um, that helped you learn more? I, uh, there's a lot of articles that I've been reading. Uh, I just real quick wanted to touch on what you just said that I thought was pretty pretty interesting that you you kind of saw yourself in that situation and you saw uh, or saw yourself in in one of those kids um i think that if if everyone was able to do that where they'd be able to kind of see themselves uh in those shoes or because like you said it it's very easy to distance yourself and dehumanize the situation and just say it's a black and white issue and kind of not really feel for it once you kind of put yourself in those circumstances and there in those shoes, which candidly wouldn't be really kind of too hard for anyone that's been oppressed that we know what oppression looks like. Um, but everyone, you know, has their own experiences, uh, putting yourselves in those shoes kind of does give you that good first step, um, to be able to handle the situation because now you kind of feel for what's going on. So making those kids, as potentially you could have been your kids or make or or yourself uh, is is kind of what should be happening at this moment L educating learning humanizing the struggle the oppression um, so that we can move forward for a better America I don't think that this is something that and I talked a little bit about this on my on the other podcast DC weekly I don't think that we can just find like a broad brush and just make some legislation and call it a day. I think this is a greater discussion that needs to be had in the U.S. and within communities like the Muslim community, like you know other little micro communities within that incorporate and make up the U.S. Uh, in its entirety, and kind of have those conversations and, and dig deep and see what part of history are we going to be part of? Are we going to be part of the oppressors or the oppressed? And I think it's that simple. So um, we kind of have to decide each for for ourselves. Very well said. So we'll go ahead and just go into the final segment, touch a little bit uh, on 4th of July and just uh, end the, the podcast for the day. So next segment. Let's do it. Welcome back. So I, I, was, uh, I wasn't really planning on having such a long uh, middle segment there, but I'm glad that we talked about whatever we talked about. Um, our, our last our last uh, podcast with with Muhammad Qasimullah was one of what our most listened to most popular so far as podcast. yeah and it was the most retained so uh, obviously people um, are really caring about these issues um, enough to like listen to a bunch of idiots me and you talk <laughs> as about much it as we can as much as we about. can <laughs> um, I mean we're trying our best but you know inshallah like. You know, this this conversation is not at all done. There's plenty of room yeah. to have it um, as we move exactly. forward. Uh, and I look forward to continue to talk about this. Um, we can just make a whole podcast called, like, Arabs Talking About Racism. Mm. Um, That's actually true. <laughs> um, but, you know, again, like, there's... We, we need... There has to be a place for us to learn. Um, and mm -hmm. we need to keep listening. What is Fourth of July to you, Muhammad? What's uh, on it? you want? You want my take on it, real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. Like historically, what has been Fourth of July? No, for No, it's very easy for me. It's eating barbecue um, at your uh, dad's uh, car rental place <laughs> on, on on the roof, you know, and that's pretty the much obligatory barbecue. 
which was one of the most delicious barbecues. Um, but I remember that very distinctly. That's that's what Fourth of July is for me. I'm, nothing else comes to mind. I love it. I love it. I I don't know why, but growing up, I used to always get confused. I was like, all right, so which one's the fireworks one? Is it the Fourth of July or the New Year's one? And it would confuse me because in Tucson there'd be significantly more fireworks on one of those um, holidays versus the other. And I still can't figure, can't remember which one it is, <laughs> but I do know that there are fireworks today and that does make me excited as long as well as barbecue. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, it comes down to independence, which is, yeah, you know, independence against a colonial power, you know, Britain, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day, like, uh, that was overstepping its bounds and they just kicked it out and they're like, nope, we're our own country. And we, I mean, you come they from... They felt oppressed and so they left. <laughs> and so they left and they fought back in the revolutionary war, you know. And How American. <laughs> and so as a Palestinian, you know, that, you know, striking, like that strikes yeah. at the core of the Palestinian cause. I'm sure Iraqis, you know, also have this idea of like liberating their country from occupying colonial forces you know there's there's a lot of stuff that comes up here i've always felt kind of weird about fourth of july i've never had that patriotic like feeling for it i don't know about you like so it's weird because we both like have this positive and negative aspect associated with it but i don't know no no you bring up a good point like a little bit about like what we were talking about earlier but you know we we are in the U.S. and you know there are there are those that consider themselves half American and half wherever they came from or 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 not even understanding how much American they are. Um, but when when something like Fourth of July or any of the kind of patriotic holidays come along, it's now well how how much do we really want to celebrate this? Keeping in the back of our mind that we've benefited so much from the system in America. And uh, I think on a daily basis, people like my dad and my mom, uh, I, I see like sense of gratitude for the opportunities that they and their kids have on a regular basis uh, because they live here. And, you know, compared to some of the unfortunate misopportunities that my cousins might have in, in Iraq. So while it is one day, I, I do think that overall, like Muslims, at least in my immediate circle, are very happy to live in a country where we can criticize our governments and where we can um, push the limit and say things that we might not be able to say and, and comfortably, at least in our countries back home. Nothing more American than criticizing your government and speaking and out. And pushing, yeah, and pushing, yeah, exactly, and pushing against the status quo, something that would, we would not be able to do in Palestine or Iraq and a lot of other Arab countries, yeah. which, by the way, like, let's be honest about it, is a continuation of the colonial, like, control. Yes. Like, the governments that yes. are currently there are a continuation. They are not uh, reflected of the government, nor do they look out for the benefit largely of, of their, so let's, let's be honest about that, you know. That's true. No, you're absolutely right. But, you know, I, I do want to take kind of like today, even through all the mess of like COVID and this, we're in the middle of this discussion and dialogue of what's, what's, what do we do with this racial discussion and how do we fix it? Uh, and then kind of take a moment to look at the country and reflect and say like, okay, so 
and, and, and we're in the middle of an election year and kind of like looking at all that and, and saying like, what does this year look like? I definitely feel like this 4th of July is so different and than any of the ones that I've experienced in the past. I don't know about you. Um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of implications based off of what we've been seeing. You know, I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media about like, what are we celebrating actually? You know, there's You're like, right. there's right. a discussion about like, what does America actually stand for? Which is a conversation to be had. And, you know, we'll, we'll push forward with that one in the meantime, but it's, yeah. uh, it's, no, but a, you're right. Like it's a complicated, it, it does raise a lot of questions. It does raise a lot of questions. It raises a lot of kind of, um, eye raising things, but at the end of the day, man, like we, I was saying a little earlier, Alhamdulillah for the opportunities, Alhamdulillah for the, for, for the na'mah that Allah has blessed this country and, and us with. And so I, if we don't do anything good with it, um, it would be a total waste. So I, I hope and I push my any anyone that I can to kind of like invest in the the goodness of this country and even the badness and try to make that even be, like that bad into a good. And um, I don't know. Like I'm not trying to be like Mr. America here, but like I really think that this is one of the best places to be in the country in the world right now and even with all its crappiness that we're seeing today um but it's up to us to kind of like make it better excellent i'm glad you brought that up maybe that can be our next subject you know talking about patriot you know being an arab and a patriot at the same time with that yes yeah. yeah well i think uh, we're kind of at the end of today's episode uh how you mm -hmm. feeling man I love it. I love it. This is right on time and it felt really good. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. I mean, again, there's plenty of more discussion to be had, but nonetheless, uh, we'll try our best to, to talk about things. Thanks so much, Muhammad, for, uh, for pushing me to do this. Um, I, I love it when you call and you're like, let's do it because I know that you're going to be like super excited and enthusiastic when we actually get on <laughs> versus when I'm trying to drag you away from your family. <laughs> Um, so like I said before, if I had it my way, I'd be making so many of these podcasts, but you know, little things in life get in the way. And so here we are. <laughs> Excellent. So we'll go ahead and, end. uh, uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Ambrikis. My name is Ihab. And I, my name is Muhammad signing off. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Be safe, be healthy, enjoy your 4th of July and wash your hands, wear masks. And we love you. Wash your hands and dismantle racism. Have a good one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, bye-bye.